Tom Albin grew up in Kansas and is an ordained pastor from Oklahoma. He's the director of spiritual formation and congregational life at the Upper Room where he's worked for 20 years. I'm Dale Clem, and today our topic is developing a prayer team. Tell us, Tom, where did you get this concept of developing a prayer team? Well, Dale, it's great to be with you, and I love the North Alabama Conference and working with you in different ways. It came to me really growing up. I grew up in a real small school. There were like 160 kids in all four grades of high school, and we had a football coach, we had a basketball coach, we had a track coach, people who knew more about what you were trying to do. And so I thought, I need some things to help me as a spiritual leader. Right. And the football team had a booster club, and I met the band and the band boosters. We all need somebody to support us when we're doing things. And so you're saying with the spiritual leaders, you need a team that are like booster teams for you. Exactly. In fact, I think there are three things that are important for a spiritual leader, whether you're a lay leader or a clergy person. And I think every one of us need a spiritual director or coach that can help us learn how to grow in our ability to lead and serve. What would a spiritual director do? How often would you meet with them? How how do you do that? Well, I've had a spiritual director for the last 40 years of my life. I'm 68 now. What I've learned is that you would meet with a spiritual director once every month or two, uh, not every week, like a counselor, and that a spiritual director is not a spiritual dictator. They're not there to say, pray more, you know, do these Hail Marys, do this or that. They're really there to ask you questions and give you an opportunity to talk about your inner life and to help you hear the voice of God. I really think that spiritual direction is so important. In the North Alabama Conference, our spiritual formation team has a list of available spiritual directors. So if anyone listening in North Alabama would like to find out more about how to contact a spiritual director, we have that on our website. And that's really wonderful and unusual. I can tell you, uh, working at the Upper Room and working with conferences and even people in other parts of the world, that finding a spiritual director is not that easy. There are two organizations. United Methodists have an organization of spiritual directors and retreat leaders called Hearts on Fire, and they have a website. And then there's an international organization called Spiritual Directors International. But our real focus is to talk about a prayer team, but need somebody to help you with that team. That's right. And let me just say that we do have a handout, a PDF that you can download. Um, So you can go to our website and download that PDF file. So you can just listen and relax as you listen to this podcast. Absolutely. So a prayer team, here's what I think. And the image comes from the Old Testament Exodus. When the Israelites, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. They came to the Amalekites, and they were having a battle. And when Moses' arms were lifted up, the staff of God, the Israelites did well. But when the leader's arms grew weary and he started to lower, then the Amalekites were winning. Well, I think that's true for all of us who are in this spiritual leadership, and there's a battle between the forces of the world or darkness or the world. John and Charles Wesley talked about sin as the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so every one of us, I believe, every leader, lay and clergy need 
a spiritual director, number one. Number two, a prayer team. And that's what we're here to talk about particularly. And then also, I think they need an intentional plan for their own spiritual development. But how does a prayer team work? Well, basically, it's three to five people who the Holy Spirit leads you to invite to say, would you be on my prayer team for the next six months or Mm -hmm. a year? And if it's really a good fit, they may want to be on it the rest of their life. I have some folks who pray for me intentionally. Every time I go to preach or teach or lead, I tell them where I'm going, what I'm doing, and ask them to pray as the Holy Spirit leads them. And then when I come back from that event, I reach out to them and tell them one or two things that the Lord has done through that preaching, teaching, or I would say that a a Sunday school teacher needs a prayer team, a youth leader needs a prayer team. And I found that people with the gift of intercession thrive with a little bit of feedback. And so if I ask you to pray for me while I'm, and my prayer team is right now, I gave them the schedule for these podcasts and said, would you pray as I meet with Dale Clem for the North Alabama Conference and the Upper Room Partnership? And so I know that they're praying. They may be praying the whole time, or they may just say a prayer that morning and that night. And I'll reach out to them afterwards and just tell them how it went. Because food and oxygen for an intercessor is to know how God has heard and answered their prayer. And so the care and feeding of a prayer team is a part of a leader's job, not just to ask them to give and give their time in prayer, but give them a little feedback too. It's like love. You need love and you need to give love. Yeah, there's a reciprocity there. So you're saying that if we have a Sunday school teacher or a choir director that's listening, if they get three to five people to be on their prayer team, their support team, and they would just give them feedback and say, I'm going to have a rehearsal that's going to be difficult, or I'm having a meeting or for this concert. Can you just pray for me during this? And then those people will be involved, and they'll be loving them and lifting them up to the throne of God. And what I find is that I have a little more energy, spiritual energy. I say things better than I would have if I was doing it on my own. If I'm leading mm-hmm. a youth group, I have an inspiration or an insight. I attribute that to God and to answered prayer. And here's why it's important for spiritual leaders. We all get weary when we give and give. And what I find is that people called to be on my prayer team, they don't want my job. They don't want to be the preacher or the leader or the youth worker or the Sunday school teacher. In fact, I encourage our nursery workers to have a prayer team, to pray for them as they touch our babies in the nursery and teach them little lessons about Jesus. And so a prayer team person loves and believes that prayer makes a difference. They're willing to support you, and they don't want your job, but they want you to do well at it for the glory of God. And ultimately, it builds the body of Christ uh, for us to do that. I know there's some pastors who have a prayer ministry where there's somebody praying for them as they preach every Sunday, and I affirm that and encourage it because ultimately— We're about God's work. And for me, prayer is like oxygen for the soul. If there's an atmosphere of prayer, part of the reason the Walk to Emmaus or Chrysalis or the Academy for Spiritual Formation, the Upper Room Program things have so much positive impact is because of that atmosphere of prayer surrounding them. 
That's right. When I'm at Camp Simitonga, where we have many of our spiritual formation events, and I just think about all the prayers that have been lifted up in those rooms that have bounced on those walls, it's just overwhelming, the number of prayers and the number of faithful Christians that have been there and had their lives touched. I think the prayer team concept is really remarkable. You know, Jesus had the 12 disciples, and even when he went to Gethsemane, he took Peter, James, and John. He had the four there praying with him. So we see it modeled in Jesus' life. Why don't we do it ourselves? And that's part of why I think this is an important thing to do. And then the third thing that's on the handout, if people choose to download it, is just to have an intentional plan for your spiritual life. You know, I uh, taught in the Theological Seminary in Dubuque, Iowa, for a number of years. And Reuben Job was then the bishop. When Later, he uh, came in retirement to Nashville. And after I came to the upper room, I actually asked Reuben if he would be my spiritual director for about 12 years. That mm-hmm. relationship was there. But what Reuben did for the entire annual conference is he said to every spiritual leader, lay and clergy, you should spend time in prayer daily. You should have one day or one part of a day a month in spiritual retreat. And then he said to all the clergy, you should have one week a year in spiritual retreat, which is not vacation time, but you're growing your soul. You have an intentional plan to nurture yourself. And so I'd say to the laity listening and to the pastors listening, that's a great model. Prayer time every day, a day a week in spiritual retreat, and then a week a year where you go to, like an Academy for Spiritual Formation or the Walk to Emmaus or some other thing where you grow yourself because your ability to lead and serve is based on your spiritual vitality. That's right. If you're dry, you have nothing to offer. (laughs) And the Upper Room has wonderful resources. What are some of those resources that the Upper Room has, the, the, the daily guides to prayer? Yeah, there's, of course, the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. There's also the Upper Room Disciplines, which is based on the lectionary. It has a little more information and guides you on the spiritual journey through the whole year. There's this wonderful resource called Companions in Christ, which is a small group spiritual experience of what we basically saw as the five core practices of a spiritual person, growing Mm -hmm. in grace. Those are all things that I would highly recommend and have proven effectiveness. Sometimes I jokingly say the upper room is the opposite of trendy. In other words, what we teach and preach, if it hasn't been proven effective for 1,000 years or more, we're not interested. And these practices we're talking about are biblical, they're practical, and you find them all across the board in the great tradition of the church. In these days, spiritual leaders need a spiritual director, a prayer team, and an intentional plan. 